Hi, I'm Tuha and this is a podcast about flexible working. My guests every week share how they work flexibly and make it work. By sharing these stories, we hope to empower others start their journey to flexible working. Likewise, those already working flexibly will find these stories as inspiring too. Enjoy listening. Hello, Claire Gallagher. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Tua. How are you? Yes, thank you. I'm looking forward to our chat today. You've got a great Instagram account and I've seen a few of your IGTV videos. So I've got lots of questions about that. So first of all, can you tell our listeners um, what you do and how you work flexibly? Okay, so I'm based in the south of France. Obviously, you can tell by the accent that I'm not from here. Um, I'm from Ireland. I've been in France for about 10 years. And I started out as a graphic designer. But these days, I help people to get leads online specifically people who have kind of client-facing businesses, people who work with people. I help them to set up all their systems online, mostly websites and lead generation systems, so that they can have um, like a system that runs mi- like mostly on autopilot so that they can actually get on with the work that they do. So, And I work remotely with them over Zoom, um, consulting and helping put all the tools in place. Oh, brilliant. So where are most of your clients based? It's kind of, it's like mostly, obviously I had an existing network in Ireland, so that's where it started. You know, when you're starting at your own freelance thing, you immediately go to your own network. So that's, I established my own network in Ireland when I was working there uh, uh, over 10 years ago. Uh, And then naturally just progressed to the UK and then having lived, I don't live in Paris anymore, but when I was living in Paris, there's a great expat community there. And of course, uh, Generally, people English speakers want to work with an English speaker when they're making their websites. So I developed a network in uh, the English speaking community in Paris. And then just naturally, by just um, having content online, I have a lot of English speakers throughout Europe. That's kind of my audience. So it's very vague, but uh, mostly expats uh, living in France or Switzerland and places like that. Your life sounds very glam. <laughs> it sounds very glam. Actually, I used to live in Paris. So how do you work flexibly then? Um, because obviously your clients would have different time zones. And yeah, so how, how do you do that? Well, the flexibility really for me, when I started my own business, this was, um, I think, I don't want to say that it's a mistake, but the kind of the idea that a lot of people have when they start a family, they think, okay, if, what, if I work for myself, I'll have that flexibility if the kid is sick or to have the school holidays and things like that. So I wanted to like work on my own terms and work for myself so that I didn't have to, especially like when you're pregnant and you have to go for these like half day meetings with doctors and stuff. And that was my kind of initial um, idea that I was so sick of like walking out of the office and saying, sorry, I'll be back in a couple of hours. And you know, people don't say it to you, but there's a certain amount of eye rolling that happens even if they're very supportive people. So I wanted to kind of this idea of working flexibly. I don't want to have to ask permission if I need to go to a doctor or to have an afternoon with my kids or whatever. And so my idea was that I would be uh, flexible enough to have time for them. Um, But generally how it actually transpires is um, kind of working all of the time because parenting is a full-time job anyway. Um, And I just, I'm happy now to have that flexibility if for example, uh, there's school holidays. 
and I want to bring my kids home to Ireland for a week, I can do that. And it's okay. flexible enough that I can just, when I have a Wi-Fi connection, I can work, you know? So it's um, that kind of freedom of, of movement, of being able to travel whenever I want to. That's, oh, wow. That was the main agenda behind it, to be with the kids yeah. and be able to travel. Oh, great. And then why France? Well, my husband's French. <laughs> He's from here. Um, I met him in Dublin many moons ago. And uh, I didn't speak French at the time. And I, we decided to go to Paris for a year so I could learn French but that was like 10 years ago so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we ended up just moving here uh, permanently all right and have you got his family a support for childcare? we do this uh, we lived in for the first five years in France we lived in Paris and then when we had uh, my son James he uh, like if you know anything about rental accommodation in Paris you basically have a shoebox <laughs> so when we started the family we needed we, we felt like we needed a little bit more space and a little bit more support so we moved down to the south to Montpellier um to be close to his family and to just have that Mediterranean lifestyle as well you know it's oh, you brilliant. get some fantastic food like really good food here the air quality is great the beach is not far so Oh my goodness, I, I love food, so you're making me very envious. Well, there's still, I mean, you still have to do the laundry and it still rains sometimes and stuff like that as well. So. Oh, brilliant. Oh, so that's good that um, you've got support of family there to help you. Oh, it's that, so I important, find that, yeah. I find that working flexibly, um, you, your whole family ends up having to be flexible. And yeah. I've got parents who live nearby and they're quite... Um, they're very accommodating Um, so for example my daughter has to change her swimming lesson because the swimming teachers left for Camp America a brilliant job but they couldn't find a replacement teacher so Mm. then and she's very close to going to the next level so I just thought oh I just needed to pass before she has to go so we've been able to switch but only because I've had parents on both sides who've said yeah we just think about going to work and uh, we'll take her to swimming it's so, it's yeah. amazing to have that support just mm-hmm. amazing like really so valuable it's amazing mm-hmm. uh, so one of the things I really wanted to talk about today was your Instagram account yeah. it's at Claire underscore creative isn't it uh, no it's Claire create it's the weirdest thing somebody took clairecreative.com even though clairecreative.com oh. is me I'm like what are you doing so I had to do clairecreative underscore com which sounds really clunky when you actually say it out loud but that's me Claire oh. creative underscore oh, com right. <laughs> okay at Claire creative underscore com that's Brilliant. me yeah. excellent so you've got over a thousand followers yeah how do you use Instagram? Uh, how is it important to what you do? Um, well, it's funny. Instagram is a fairly new addition to uh, my, well, I use it as a lead generation tool. Basically, anytime you see me online, I'm trying to get leads and clients. That's basically it. <laughs> um, and previously, my world, my whole client generation process was through Facebook. Um, but I felt very like almost feeling anxiety getting into Facebook because it, it there's always people asking questions like what I do is it's a lot around um websites WordPress Squarespace MailChimp all this kind of all the strategies that you can kind of implement with webinars so I got known in a number of groups on uh Facebook and I was constantly getting tagged with questions and 
just really every time I went into Facebook, it was like work, 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 work. It wasn't like an enjoyable space anymore. So Mm -hmm. I kind of went, okay, what's all this, all this talk about Instagram? And I went over to it and it takes a little bit of kind of getting used to. So I've only really been using Instagram properly for about a year. Um, and well, as soon That's as a I, long time. yeah, <laughs> um, the, um, the, the thing getting in there, it was like kind of figuring out, well, how does it work in this platform as in terms of getting people's attention and, um, and, and getting visible to the right kind of people. So I just basically tried a whole bunch of stuff and some stuff worked and some stuff didn't. And IGTV in the last maybe six months has been given um, preferential treatment within the algorithms of um, of Instagram. So if you do an IGTV, it shows up in the feed. It's a longer form video than like a quick story. And it's basically what I do is um, I do a Facebook Live, download it and upload it to IGTV. It's the exact same video. Um, so it saves me it saves me time, and then I use the exact same video um, to upload to LinkedIn. So on LinkedIn, I'm almost at three thousand uh, followers there. So oh. it's a great um, it's a great way to just recycle. Like I mean, I'll, I'll do a two minute live, yeah. and I'll put it onto three different platforms. So IGTV is one instance of that exact same video in three different places brilliant so is your strategy just to do a facebook live video that you can then distribute to your various channels but then but you're not focused you don't need to focus on getting people to be in the live you know like no no i just like i basically use a facebook live because again the algorithms on facebook like facebook is a really it's they've made it super difficult unless you're putting money but into it they made it difficult on facebook to actually to reach anybody um with their whole um like obviously they want you to pay for ads but facebook lives still pop up when uh, if somebody's online and they still get um they're still visible in the news feed more than like a link to a youtube video for example yeah. or a link to an external uh, platform so that's big like my my simple motivation for facebook live instead of recorded video is that it just pops up in front of people a lot more mm. than uh, than a, a pre-record or a link and um, so that that's that's really kind of that was the motivation for it yeah Oh, brilliant. Um, yeah, so I I uh, recommend all listeners to check it out. Like, there's lots of various topics. Um, what's what's the most popular topics you found? Um, well, my whole content strategy, so I sit down every couple of months and I just do a whole big brainstorm of uh, what people are asking me about generally. So all my all the content that I talk about on my lives, IGTV and LinkedIn, um, it's all based on questions that I get asked in my free discovery calls and the questions that I get tagged in groups. Um, and I just use that as content so that I can, if somebody asks me that question again, I can send them to that video. Um, and it's like a, a just offering something valuable that people actually want to hear about. Um, I generally get asked a lot about search engine optimization. So SEO is like the first thing that people ask me about. And then there's things like which platform should I use, Squarespace or Wix or Weebly Mm. or WordPress. And then things like should I use MailChimp? Should I be building my list? So anything around kind of digital marketing. 
Um, Top one definitely being SEO. And I have a lot of (laughs) opinions about what that means for people as well, the the whole SEO thing. Cool. Oh, so everybody should really head to you. Follow you on LinkedIn to see what um what you have to say oh brilliant so in terms of um challenges so how many you seem to be working flexibly for many many years how many years would you say ah well my boy is six and I started like a fool started my business when I was ready to pop with him (laughs) because I thought oh I'll have my own business it'd be great I'll just do a little bit of work and so he's six now so it's been full-time six years but I've I've been running Claire Creative for about 10 years just kind of as a freelancer with um uh like when I was working in agencies and I worked in a gallery in the center of Paris for a while as well. Dream job turned out not to be a dream job, (laughs) but, um, that, that was my kind of my stepping stone when I was doing a lot of freelance kind of side hustle stuff. It just, a moment came where it looked feasible to just go full-time with the, with it as a, as a free, as a, as a full-time endeavor. Um, but I did it just as I was having a baby. So like you don't realize that a young business and a young baby are very, very, very similar. They need a lot of attention. There are lots of sleepless nights. (laughs) So there's a lot of similarities between a young business and a young baby. Um, And I was trying to do both of those things at the same time. Not recommended. (laughs) Not at all recommended. But a lot of people do do that. Yeah. I mean, I I have a lot of these conversations and we're going, yes, (laughs) sleepless nights. Uh Mm -hmm. (laughs) So what would you think? Like, so over those years what do you think your main challenges have been well it's definitely um balance it's definitely uh the balance between work and life I have a, I have a I had a conversation recently with a, another uh, business owner friend of mine and it's we talked about it's less of a work-life balance uh more of a work-life blend because there's so much when you're making your own business and you're doing your freelance thing and you're getting visible and you're doing your personal brand, there's a lot of yourself in that. And there's a lot of your own personality and a lot of your own um, characteristics and putting yourself out there. And I, I find a big struggle and just kind of going back, circling back to that thing that I said about uh, Facebook groups is you're constantly in demand. And even when you're sitting like kind of chilling out on your phone, you're still answering work questions. And when you're on on holidays, you're maybe still sneakily checking emails. So it's the real challenge for me is kind of taking a little bit of distance. Um, And when I'm with my kids, I'm fully with my kids. And when I'm on holidays, I'm fully on holidays. Uh, Because definitely in the earlier years, I find it extremely difficult just to switch off, Mm. just to kind of make that separation. I love that phrase, work-life blend, though. It's good, it's isn't it? Yeah. Because there's so much overlap. Is, yeah, yeah, it definitely is a challenge, um, balancing everything mm. uh, and setting those boundaries. Uh, because, like you said, it is. otherwise you do end up with sleepless nights. Or I always say to myself, right, at 9 o'clock today, I am going to start getting ready and be in bed by 10. Oh, yeah. It's never the case because there's always something... By the time you finish your chores at nine, it's like, okay, I'll do a bit of work. And then before you know it, it's midnight. Oh, so, yeah. Yes. So I, I'm still learning. So I don't know if you've cracked that yet. Nope. <laughs> no, to some extent, um, the no screens after 10 o'clock thing, I had to be very strict about that because I would okay. sit there 
Um, cause I help people make their websites and there's always like, cause I absolutely love making websites. I'm super nerdy yeah. in that. I love, because I'm a graphic designer originally, I love kind of making a brand visible on a site and it's just like trying stuff out. I could be there till two o'clock in the morning, just kind of having fun, making things look nice on somebody's website. But I had to go like, okay, work is within work hours. Um, I read a fantastic book, uh, recently, uh, called make time. It's the same guy who's kind of invented this design sprint framework that I use, but it's uh, it's just a way of better separating your work and life and just finding time for the things that aren't work, especially when you're when you're when you're working for yourself. So make time. It's a really great book um, by a guy called Jake Knapp. Um, I'd, I'd highly recommend. I, I basically I tell everybody that I meet about this book, and it 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 talks exactly about that kind of work life blend. Um, and that balance that you need to find to kind of, okay, put your phone down and play with your kids or mm. um, just don't be online after nine o'clock. Just have a set, yeah. set a timer and say, this is kind of chill time. I'm going to have dinner with my husband or whatever. Mm. You know, it's, um, it's just, it's a really, it's a really great book. I'd highly recommend it for anybody who's oh, uh, right. working flexibly as well. It's a great You'll book. have to send me a link to it I will. so I can share on the show notes. Ah, oh, cool. So, and then from your conversations that you have with um, others who are working flexibly, yeah. has any um, any other challenges or any like topics that you guys tend to talk about? I think something that comes up um, a lot, and I'm not sure if I invented the term or if I read it somewhere, digital overwhelm. So I work in the online space. I work with people who have online businesses. And just what I said, just like what I've been saying there about that kind of moment of switching off and being yourself and not being the business owner self um, or the freelancer self. Um, and just that, uh, that kind of digital overwhelm. Because, you know, as soon as you search for something or as soon as you're part of a certain group, you're going to get targeted by a lot of ads for webinars or for freebies or for the latest amazing revelation that's going to make you a six-figure bloody blah. Oh, yeah. And yeah. all of this stuff is like shoved down your throat, especially on Facebook and Instagram. There's, this stuff is constantly showing up. Um, and I find a lot of people, they're signing up for 10 different things a week, like a webinar or a freebie. And they're trying to implement all of those strategies as well as doing their work and as well as at some point having a life of their own. Like the first couple of years of my business, yes, I was a new mother as well, but I didn't see my friends. Like I wasn't going out. I didn't kind of make time for myself, you know. Um, and I find that a lot of this kind of digital overwhelm stuff is like, you need to be doing this strategy. You need to be implementing this. If you're not top of the list on Google search pages, you need to be working on that. And I think it's that kind of digital overwhelm that that leads to a lot of kind of burnout almost with people who are working independently, working flexibly, because there is no separation and you always have something to do. Um, so that's something that comes up for a lot of the people that I work with as well. And I help them to kind of see that you don't need to be doing 10 things. You need to be just doing one thing that brings you yeah. clients and then just stop, turn off your computer and go and have a pint with your friends. <laughs> uh-huh. So you're adding business coach to your, uh, your well, <laughs> well, there's a lot, of, again, there's a lot of overlap. I mean, when you're helping people to do their website thing, yeah. You can endlessly tweak a website as well. I mean, you can constantly yeah. be at it. It's never finished. Yeah. But I, I, do, 
again, I like that terminology, digital overwhelm. I, have you heard of Mike Winnett? Mike Winnett? No, I don't know that. So oh, he's Kristen. got a YouTube channel um, and he's got, you can follow him on LinkedIn as well. He, um, he started this campaign where he is exposing these marketers who try to sell you, I don't know. Oh, was he the entrepreneur guy? Yes, I did see that. I just didn't retain his name in my head. I was like, that's so clever. Yes, but it's that's basically what you're saying, isn't it? Like it's it's these people and yeah, it's trying to find your focus Mm. and um and really concentrating on that really and but also what's important is if you're working flexibly you need to make it work for yourself yeah so you need to work out okay what it is that you really want and how you get there and yeah I think I mean I've I've not found a a coach yet but I'm wondering if soon I might need one. Oh, I definitely I've worked I've no I've worked with coaches before and initially you know it's like especially this is like maybe personal thing now but um when it's your own business and it's like you're kind of your passion project I mean I love making websites I love design and I love this whole kind of making things work um kind of aspect of the thing um but definitely I've worked with coaches before and I felt that kind of oh my god I'm treating myself massively by investing in my business and I felt like I was a, it was a huge indulgence oh. but I have never looked back since working with my coaches in the past like my business is unrecognizable and it, it kind of made me just kind of tune into well why are you doing this and what do you want from okay. it and yeah it's really like, very valuable at what point do you think you think you should like someone should pull in a coach then well I think if you're looking to scale or if there's something that just feels like you need if you need you feel like you need help that's that's really I felt like at that time I I needed help I was at the time um I had just come back from my second maternity leave so you know what happens after maternity leave like your visibility just goes completely down online you're not getting any inquiries anymore and I was just okay. like, oh, God, I feel like this is just such a mountain to climb. And my baby was six months old. My boy was three. And I was like, I can't. I can't do this alone. I have no brain power for to structure all of this strategic thinking. You know, I just felt like I, I needed help. Um, and it just uh, very serendipitous. Like somebody came across my, um, it was a friend of mine it was working with this coach. Um, and I asked her, well, what's what's it all like? And she said, it's not, it's nothing new. It's stuff that you know, but you're going to get this work done because she's going to crack the whip and she's going to make you do the things and help you to really be laser focused in the things that you need to do. And actually working with my, um, the first coach that I worked with, um, previously I was doing, I was like a full service graphic design and web design kind of one person agency. Um, and I was kind of doing lots of different kind of work, like logos and brochures and websites and email marketing campaigns and Facebook campaigns. Um, and working with my coach, um, she kind of said like, well, you're telling people that you can do everything, but what they actually want is a clear solution. So instead of saying I'm full service graphic design, I started saying, I help you get leads and clients with your website. And it was a game changer. It made a huge difference because that's what I was doing anyway. 
but just saying it in a very very simple way just kind of my inbox was like exploding with inquiries it's like that's oh, just wow. really really zooming in on what people need and what people want and like it, my business is completely unrecognizable since that time Oh, wow. That's good. And it sounds like you've used um, different coaches as well. Yeah. How come you switched coaches? What was the motivation behind that? Well, the very, very first coach uh, that I worked with, she was just so expensive, you know, like really expensive, like ouch expensive. Um, And I felt like uh, like the the coach that I worked with at that time, she helped me to position, reposition myself and work on my clear messaging and really just get clarity about who I am as a business owner and what it is I can help people with. And then I felt that that was what I needed from her, but it wasn't actually going to go any further with her because she wasn't really digital marketing. She wasn't really in the online space almost at all. Um, So I moved on to somebody who was more digital, uh, like like worked with people specifically in the kind of creative uh online business kind of space and so that's just two uh two different people and then i i've worked with um a mastermind group as well i actually uh well this is actually something to do with working flexibly and working independently as well and because i'm all the way down here in the south of france and i never physically meet my clients like very rarely I never see their legs. It's all head and shoulders on Zoom. <laughs> um, so I was kind of getting a little bit um, cabin feverish here, like just working always from home. So I set up a mastermind group, like an in-person mastermind group for people, expats here. And there's a lot of creative business owners around here because it's a cheaper place to live down in South France. Um, so there's a lot of kind of digital nomad type people around here. And uh, I set up this mastermind group. It must be like four years ago now. We meet once a month and we talk about different topics and they're just some fantastic people in the group. Um, And we help each other out in terms of motivation, introducing each other to new strategies, new skills. And it's really group learning and really tremendously supportive. So now I don't pay for coaches at the moment. I have my mastermind group um, and they're wonderful people. Love them all. That's what, because um, that's one of the things I've learned in my first year is that having a strong network around you uh, of support really helps. Oh, yeah. So I've, it's it's just really having someone to talk to, even when you're going through a period of famine. And I was talking through um, what was going on with one of my friends, and I was like, "Oh, this is making me really anxious and stressed." Mm. And she was like, "It's just like." So this is two weeks <laughs> like in the whole year that you're going through this like you just have to be patient and it'll come along and yeah um just keep doing all the little things to um try and bring in work so yeah so it's quite so yes it's, it's important it's, it's give someone someone to give you a bit of a reality check yeah it's so good to just have a human being say to you it's gonna be okay you've had clients before you'll have them again but when yeah. like the, the I don't know about you but my initial uh, reaction to that back when um before I was working with coaches and stuff I was just googling for help all the time oh, and you're okay. just going to get more and more webinars <laughs> and more and more freebies going like how to uh, supercharge your client list and all yeah. that kind of stuff and it's just kind of like 
Google doctor. No, God. Do not use it. Never Google your symptoms. <laughs> um, th- this is something that, that comes up a lot, actually, the feast and famine um, with the people that I work with as well. Uh, and it's the, another one of the questions that I get asked is, uh, like I talk a lot about lead generation and lead generation online. Um, people are like, I need clients now. I need clients immediately. And that's the kind of a re- really a red flag to say, uh, okay, you're not going to get clients tomorrow but you're going to do work today that's going to give you clients next month and the month after yeah. and the month after that. So it's the work that you do today feeds the pipeline. And when you're really kind of feeling that that famine, it's kind of, kind of you're like really, it's, you get into kind of panic mode, but it's really important to remember yeah. that the work that you do today is going to feed you next month and the month after that. And it's just about having that that plan really to just know that it's it's not the end of the world if you've had a bad week yeah and actually Claire I'm gonna get your opinion on something so I um I've recently been through albeit a short period in reality it was a short period of famine but when you're in it it feels long yeah (laughs) um and then very luckily and then I I did actually turned down work it was like little bits of work which I didn't feel like I was the right fit Mm -hmm. or the budgets were too low and like I felt like because for me I I'm driven by results I'm driven by oh same here yeah seeing like really positive things happening and like quite quickly so I could already foresee from the briefs and the budgets I've got, I was like, mm, this is going to be a slow slog. I don't mm. know if it's going to keep me motivated. And so I was quite picky and very honest with these clients. I was like, mm, I don't think I'm quite right for this. Mm. And, and then because um, because I wasn't really finding anything that I really wanted to work on, I, was thinking, I started thinking, am I being too picky? Have mm. you gone through anything like that, like in a similar situation? Oh, that happens. Or have you just taken work? Because I, I know some people who take on every single piece of work. Oh, God, no. Oh, God, no. Because <laughs> I, I was working as uh, like a freelance graphic designer and doing all of the things. Um, so people are like, I, I always had good relationships with, uh, with my clients and it always kind of ended well. I wasn't always... Um, I wasn't always, uh, it's not like my perfect kind of project, but back then I was taking all of the work because I was new in business. And I think when you are new in business, you are inclined to say yes to everything because you just want to hit your monthly goals and stuff like that. Um, but I, every week I'm getting inquiries like, can you design a logo for me? And I'm like, I can recommend a really good brand designer for you. This, these are their contact details. And this is kind of how uh, you start getting into strategic partnerships as well. So strategic partnerships are basically right. other people that you can recommend and they'll recommend you back. Um, so I, I, I love the whole branding thing, but my thing is lead generation with websites. So a logo would be like a part of a much bigger project. So mm. um, I, when it's a small project like that or a project that I know somebody else would do a much better job than me, um, I'll send it on to those people. So I have, I def, I have a ton of graphic designers in my network because that was my background. But I, on a weekly basis, I'm getting inquiries for, can you tweak? If I, if I see the word tweak in a, in an email, I'm like, nope, <laughs> not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I don't do the little things because I feel like it's almost like a disservice to people. 
sometimes like if somebody says like I need to change two or three things on my homepage and then I look at their homepage and I'll, I'll think like it's not really going to make any difference to your lead generation. It's not going to get you more clients if you change all that stuff to blue. Yeah. So I, I get on a call with them and I say, this is not going to make a difference for you, but if we do X, Y, Z, you can have a lead generation strategy. So sometimes you're able to kind of unravel the what they're actually wanting to do and what yeah. they actually want to achieve and it becomes that bigger project then. And it, if I was to tweak the website and go, okay, bye, that's 500 euros yeah. or whatever, I'm doing a bit of service because I know I can help them in a bigger way. So yeah. little things, no, thank you very much. Uh, I can yeah. recommend somebody, but sometimes I can see that there's potential there that they're just maybe not seeing right away. Okay. Oh, that's a good approach. Yeah, definitely. Because I think you know yourself. If somebody comes to you for something and you can just kind of reframe it and say, well, what you actually need is this. And it took me a couple of years in business to kind of, to find how to say that without people being offended. It's like, you don't need a logo. You need to work on your messaging. You don't need yeah. to change your homepage. You need to change your services or, or something like that. You know, it's, it's not always, sometimes you're very, cl when you're very close to it, you can't see it and you need somebody like yes. yourself or myself to, to help them yeah. to see that perspective. And if anything, you've just given them some free advice. Well, I'm happy to I give free it. advice. I mean, I needed free advice in the early years of my business. I still need free advice. And I'm happy to give anybody kind of, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll sit down with somebody and go through your website and I'll make some recommendations and I'll say, you can do this by yourself. Or if you want my support, we can do it together. And this is what that looks like. Mm -hmm. So like people oh. need support. I mean, I think the more you oh, give, yeah. the more you get, it's like, the abundance mindset which just kind of is like all over the place at the minute oh brilliant well um oh before we finish off is is there anything else you'd like to add anything pressing you want to get off your <laughs> well I do I do think like if if there are other people out there freelancers and people in the early years of their business I think Something that I resisted for a long time is getting actual support, getting paid support, because it does come back. I mean, the return on investment, if you're paying a thousand euros for a coach, you might make six thousand euros based on their advice. So I, I always think like the in that kind of um, in that kind of stage of your business, it's kind of hard to imagine investing. But investing in your business is kind of investing in yourself as well. Um, I, I always think that if you're hesitating, just see what could the potential outcome be. And that's, that's a, it's a, that's probably the best advice that I can get. Don't be afraid to pay for oh, support wow. because it is actually, it can come back to you tenfold. Then my challenge to that then is how do you know what is the best support for you though? Because like you said, if you Google, oh, yeah. there's all this stuff like supercharge your business or join our mastermind that's going to deliver you these this many leads yeah I, so how do you how do you hone in okay like this is this is worth investing in well that's a really really good question and it is hard to know I mean the first coach that I worked with um she really kicked me up the bum for sure and that's definitely what I needed at that time but at the time um like the investment in that it really freaked me out I was stressed out so much by like the amount of money that I was paying but now my business is unrecognizable but to know for sure if this is the right advice you can't know for sure 
But if you kind of take a breather and say, well, well, what am I doing here? Like, I mean, what am I doing here? And where do I want to be? I often ask people to kind of imagine fast forward 12 months from now and see like what's changed in your business and what do you need to do to get there? And who is that person that can help you get there? Um, mm. And that's kind of the thing. So sometimes as well, you can kind of trust your gut. You can kind of, okay. you can feel if, if you're on a sales call and they're just like reading a script, you're like, well, you're not really, you don't really care, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. No, I think that's great advice. And um, I think it's one of the things I've learned, like to actually pay for help where, where you're probably not so where your strengths are yeah basically and so that you can focus on the things that you are good at oh cool I love it uh, I love talking to you like you just feel make me feel really relaxed <laughs> I can think I could talk to you all day I, I might make up some topics just so you can come back oh with pleasure I'd be delighted I'd be delighted to oh brilliant so I'll put links um to your website and uh where people can find you in the show notes but thank you so much Claire for today thank you so much <laughs> Bye. Bye. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with others, and rate on iTunes. I would love to hear from you, whether it's uh, feedback or if you've got any ideas for guests or anyone you think would be good on the show. Let me know. You can email me on podcast at digitalseamstress.co.uk. You can also follow me on Instagram at the handle at we make it work underscore. You can also search for us on LinkedIn uh, with We Make It Work podcast. I also have another feature where you can leave an audio message for me, which I can then include in the show. I would love for you to take part in the show in this way. So to do that, you need to go to anchor.fm slash we make it work with dashes in between the words we make it work forward slash message. So just to clarify, I'll spell out the whole URL. It's uh, anchor.fm forward slash we dash make dash it dash work forward slash message and that they'll be in the show notes anyway the url and uh thank you for listening and bye